welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I think this episode is going to be called Stuff or Random Thoughts. And um, it's not going to be particularly scripted as most of my episodes are. I had an appointment with a friend this morning, pretty early, around 9 o'clock, and I went over to her house. And she has this really cool house. It's uh, not huge, but the backyard is astounding, full of nature, birds, finches. She's got a couple of Yorkies. It's just a real peaceful environment. And I was talking to her, and I was telling her after she said, what what are you going to do today after I left there? And I said, well... I need to work on my podcast. I've been kind of busy this week and so hadn't really given a whole lot of thought to it. And she said, well, what are you going to talk about? And I said, you know, I don't know. What I've noticed usually is that something occurs to me a day or two before or someone says something that triggers an idea and then I go about my business and am able to produce the podcast. But today, as of you know, 930 I had nothing as of visiting my friend. And then I remembered that what usually happens and what sort of happened today is that I get kind of like a, I don't want to say a locution or a message, but sort of a providential push, a little touch on the shoulder. And she said, why did you talk about, you know, nature? And I had been just talking to her about God and creation, just sort of a, passing thought because I had been away for a couple of days this week and I thought yeah that kind of leads me into something some things that I have been thinking about. One might incorrectly think that upon retirement life goes into some kind of stress-free existence. Well naturally it doesn't. The same realities of life press upon us in whatever age we find ourselves, at whatever age we find ourselves. And just like it is if you're a family person having children, a working person primarily, or a combination of all of those, when that time frame passes, there's still going to be enormous challenges. I don't know if I've become accepting of that, but one thing has happened is that I have found myself, obviously, doing this program and other things, thinking much more about things cosmic, things supernatural, meaning things eternal and of God. I find myself really trying to put in practice the phrase, in the world, but not of it. Part of that is probably happening naturally, in that as I'm getting older, I become less of a feature in the world. If you are over a certain age, you've heard and now you've experienced how older people are basically invisible to the rest of the world. And to the extent they're not invisible, it's usually about some thing that the world needs rather than anything that you might need in the relationship, such as the relationship will be. Parent-child, husband-wife, whatever it is. Young people, older people. As you know, Lent is coming up, and every year one thinks about trying to peel off the preoccupations with the world, and sometimes even the crud of the world, to 
look at your sinfulness, which is especially hard in a world that says there is no sin, and that sometimes includes the Catholic Church, not explicitly perhaps, but implicitly in its ambiguities of expression. I have to say that most of my Lents are lousy. I do lousy Lents. But this year, I thought I'd like to try to do something a little different and a bit more disciplined, which is no easy thing for someone like myself who is constantly in a manic phase, moving around and sort of getting distracted by all sorts of things. I decided to try to join an Ignatian retreat. I would be online. Other people will be in the church already in the church. Once a week, there's sort of a, I guess, an organizing lecture meditation done by the priest who is leading it, a Father Ed Broom of St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens. So what happens is I get once a week, last week was the first week, a essentially a workbook, a guide of how to approach prayer and the stripping away of my worldly self, I guess, and to begin by orienting myself to why I'm here from a religious point of view, from a Catholic religious point of view. It's already kind of a big expansion and reflection upon, contemplation upon, one of the key aspects of the Baltimore Catechism, which I heard as a child, which I am aware of now, always have been aware of, and I don't think it ever took root in me. Not really. Why am I here? Why did God create me? to love him and serve him in this life and to be with him in the next forever. The, the whole idea, I think, of this Ignatian retreat is that anything that gets in the way of that has to be dealt with, has to be purged. And let me just say this up front, although I can see already how difficult this is going to be for me to do, which is another nine weeks. I've only done one week. It is a matter of the nature of life eternal. And something about how the world is now, the world at large, and one's personal world after two years of COVID, after all the craziness that you read about in the news, it seems to me that I sense the critical nature of letting go of all of this and moving towards the ultimate relationship with God. I told a friend that I thought I was going to be having or I thought I was having an epiphany, but that remains to be seen. I've had lots of epiphanies over my life, and they usually last about three hours at most. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. No, I don't got it. That's kind of how it looks in reality. I can tell you this, that the circumstances of my life at this moment, it is not accidental that I am doing this retreat at this moment, at this very moment. And I am deeply aware that I will not be able to conclude it. In fact, the priest said that there will be all sorts of ways that, I don't know, the devil, or that circumstances will keep trying to get in the way to keep me, keep all of us from completing the 10 weeks, which goes through Lent until Easter. Okay, those who may be listening are going, I don't get it, what is she talking about this retreat? When she said that the thing that triggered this podcast had to do with the discussion about nature. Well, there is a connection. Well, at least to me. Much of this whole week of meditations has been about the glory and beauty of creation and 
thanks and praise to the one who created it, God. But more than that, we have to remember that we are the ultimate. We, human beings made in the likeness of God, image and likeness of God, not physically specifically, because God has no form, but in terms of the soul made in his image and likeness, we are the, the ultimate of creation. We are creation, existing in creation. And anything that gets between us and the creator is, is useless, more than useless, because so much of that stuff is the result of sin that it obscures creation and our gratefulness to God for making us and the world for us. I had begun the meditations on being created and the obligation to seek unity with our Creator. And while I'm beginning this process, I go up to visit a friend in Santa Barbara, which is about an hour and a half, two hours from here. And I stay overnight. I get there in the morning and I stay overnight and leave in the afternoon of the next day. And she happens to live in an area of Santa Barbara, actually Goleta, which is in the hills where there's a lot of wildlife, the terrace overlooking an orchard, basically. And of course, it's near the water, near the ocean. And so we spend some time by the water near a dog park and a beautiful restaurant that was right on the water serving fish, air, sea, breeze, sun, crystalline sky, the apex of creation. It is rare for me to feel under stress in other things going on in life and to be able to go and do something like that and actually relax and lean into and effectively trust God in the midst of his creation. I wouldn't call it an act of trust because I don't seem to be able to do that yet anyway, but at least I wasn't obsessing. I was enjoying, truly recognizing that this miracle was for me, and more amazingly, the obvious, that I am an element, a major element of that creation. I am a creation. My heart beats because he wants it to beat. And instead, I get caught up in all this stuff that has no permanence. All this for me, and all I can do is worry and fret and complain. This week, in the early part of the Ignatian retreat, was about contemplating the nature that God gave us and contemplating our place in that creation. And here I am, here I was, sitting right smack dab in the middle of it. Two visuals, if I can describe it. One was while my friend and I were waiting to be seated at the restaurant, which was right at the edge of the water. I forgot the name of it already. We sat on this stone bench facing the ocean. And this was an off-leash dog park on half of the beach. So part of the beach, there were a bunch of dogs running in the ocean and people running with the dogs in the ocean and the animals so free. The water blue with sparkles of sunlight. A couple of surfers doing a pretty good job of getting in before they fall off their board. The sun warm, but not unbearable because it is February in California, so the sun isn't quite as strong as it normally is at other times of the year. If you were from outer space and you landed here, you'd think, oh, this is life in this world, this beautiful earth. 
being as we were intended to be. Earlier in the day, sitting out in the patio, I watched two red-tailed hawks undulating with the breeze in the sky and passing each other and touching beaks, it looked like, and then passing each other again. So free, so easy, so untroubled. And little birds of varieties, I have no idea what, all going to the fountain, the bird fountain, and dipping their little beaks and chirping at one another and flying about as if nothing could happen to them. This, someone will tell me, was an accident? Do I feel a loving gratefulness? Well, I think I'm getting there. I will get there. Maybe after this retreat, I will be there. But I do know that I felt a calm that I often do not feel. And I'm sure the rest of us often do not feel. I know I felt thankfulness. Toward whom? Toward God, yes. But I think I'm restrained with regard to that thankfulness toward God. And I think it's a restrainful attitude that comes from fear as well as from pride and maybe even more from a lack of trust. Something just occurred to me as I was talking about my day and a half with my friend. I told you that they have an orchard which was originally begun by my friend's father who passed away about a year and a half ago and they have made every effort to keep the orchard up. It's not huge, but it sure has lots of fruit. And so yesterday, before I was leaving, my friend invited me to go with her down into the hillside, which was no easy thing. I realized that I'm not as young as I used to be when I was trying to stand on this incline while picking fruit. We came back with two baskets up into the house of, let's see, Haas avocados and some other kind of avocados, oranges, tangerines, lemons. There were loquats, but I'm not big on loquats. And you know, what just occurred to me as I'm speaking is that here we were in a garden, kind of like Eden, picking fruit from the trees that God had made for us. This week's retreat was about contemplating God's creation so as to arrive at a sense of God who in his power made all of this out of nothing. We contemplate our very existence. We contemplate meaning in this creation that always shows us God. And if we're paying attention, teaches us to rely on him. What I was experiencing for the last several days was what I was made for. And amid which I am to seek purpose and mission. I have no control over this creation. I am part of it. And what I'm hoping to learn from this retreat is to trust in God completely. Not just when I'm sitting in the peace of his creation, but when I'm not. Especially when I'm not. If I can hang on to him, I can have an eternity of the kind of peace, better than the kind of peace I felt in those couple of days. When I was in this experience of creation, I was in and land of order. Everything seemed just so, just right, perfect, if you will. And perhaps the only way I can have that within is to abandon myself to God, something I haven't done, I keep aiming to do, cannot do without his grace. I am utterly dependent on him, and I have to really understand that in the recesses of my being for there to be that kind of radical trust. It kind of feels like a chicken-egg thing, but there's no doubt that 
the grace comes from him and my job is to accept it, to grab it, and to run with it. I'm going to end this rather rambly version of the podcast today with a prayer, and that is a prayer of abandonment by Charles de Foucault. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen. It is somewhat easy for me to say that prayer when I'm sitting in the kind of beauty and safety almost that I was the other day. Or even when I sit out on my terrace and watch the hummingbirds and look at the 12 stars I can see at night. But I think this retreat will be about learning to do that, to have that experience of God and his creation and to respond in love when things are not happening so quietly. When I'm sitting in a beautiful chair in a beautiful terrace, it's easy to tell yourself and to tell God that you're open to him and to whatever he asks of you. There's a term that was used in this Ignatian retreat that I'm sure I'll hear more about as time goes on called holy indifference, which is being so ready to accept God's will that nothing gets in the way. Nothing scares you. Your trust is so radical that you can feel safe with him no matter how bad the situation around you. You can be, I guess, as much at peace in the most troubling situation as you would be if you were sitting in a beautiful house looking over a beautiful valley with birds and trees and and breeze. I know in the depths of my soul that that's real freedom. I got the next week's workbook and I can tell it's going to get a lot harder. I think we're going to be talking a little bit about sin. And uh, I read one little piece about how one mortal sin can send you to hell. That's not something that we in this world like to hear about. And I certainly don't like to hear about it. And I'm reminded that how easily I could be discouraged from continuing this process because each of us is being asked to look deeply into the recesses of our hearts. And as Joseph Conrad would tell you, there's darkness there that only unreserved cooperation with God's love can relieve. Well, so ends another Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I think it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go outside and enjoy nature some more and try to contemplate the beauty that he gave us. So, hopefully... I'll see you next week.